Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to another edition of the Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Channel. Jumping into one of the more interesting and exciting games the Wolves have played this season. I have seen some people be negative about this game and the way it turned out, but overall, I think a lot of people understand what a positive step this game was. Lots to touch on, lots to like about this game. As we normally do, we're going to jump into a few different statistics uh, as we kind of go into this matchup. Lots to touch on again from this game. So how about this? This is an interesting stat. NBA teams with the hardest schedules this month, and no team has it more difficult than our Timberwolves. 14 games, opponent's win percentage is 57%. I mean, look at that. No one else is at 57. The closest team is Portland at 56. And then you have the Spurs at 53, Denver at 51, and the Jazz at 51. So I will say this, aside from the Blazers who are a, a little bit more of a mixed bag. These are some decent teams, right? The Spurs the Spurs aren't a great team, but they can get some wins. Nuggets are pretty injury depleted, but that's a pretty good team. The West is going to be tough. Think about that. These are all Western Conference teams. So just something to kind of think about as we jump in here. Again, 14 games for the Wolves, and it's a 57.2% is the opponent win percentage. So that makes things a little tough. It definitely does. How about this? So Carl Towns, we did find out right before the game, he is not going to play. When Nas has stepped in, the team has, so he's played 26 career starts. And if you look at how things have gone, 12 and a half points, 45% from the field, 6.4 rebounds, 1.4 blocks, 25.7 minutes. And this has been a really consistent thing for Nas. He's not an amazing rebounder. I'm not going to say that he's a bad rebounder, but he's not an amazing rebounder. He's, when you go from Carl Towns to Nas Reed, that's a pretty significant drop. It just is. And, and, and you see that in this game. This game was no different as I just don't think of Nas as a great rebounder. But 
He's he's really good at so many other things. He's able to step in and be successful. Although of those 26 starts, the Wolves have oh, I cannot remember what the stat was. I think it's either four or six wins. Regardless, they don't win much when Nas Reed starts. So let's keep that in mind. How about this? Looking at the last 10 meetings between the Nets and the Wolves. Wolves are winning that one six wins to four. 113.2 points per game to 111.8 for the Nets. Field goal percentage is close. 44 versus 47 for the Nets. Rebounds almost identical. 46.8 to 46.5. And the assist advantage does go to the Nets. 21 versus 24.1. And in those 10 games total, the Wolves have outscored the Nets by a total of 14 points. So pretty close. No one's really dominating here. So something to kind of look at. We'll jump right in now to this matchup. Again, no towns. Something to really keep in mind. Sloppy start for both teams. I will, I will say I love seeing Prince as he's active, smart on defense, and he's able to get an early charge on James Harden. Wolves are up 3-2 to two off a of Nas 3. Love seeing him shot ready. That has been an issue at times for the Wolves. Is Nas Reed specifically is not always shot ready. We saw it early, at least on this one that I specifically am mentioning. There were other times throughout the game, though, that he was not shot ready. That is a concern. I do wish he would get... Well, so I guess the way to look at it, it's almost like a, you know, you're ready. Like when you get the ball, you can shoot it immediately. And Nas isn't always not only ready, but he's not always mentally prepared to shoot it either. And both those things can definitely be a detriment. Watching this game, already a much better defensive effort and an understanding of where guys are supposed to be. The switches, things looked much better in this game than they did against the Wizards in the game on Wednesday. Towns who? Wolves were up 10-6 to on the back of Nas, who had eight already with nine minutes to go in the first quarter. So Nas Reed was playing really, really well. He was stepping in, and we touched on how he averages about 16 points a game. And now you're talking he's already got eight points, and we're, the game's barely started. So he's already halfway to what he normally averages when he starts. Four turnovers early, but the Wolves are doing a lot of good things. But sloppy basketball, or I guess a better way to put it would be just not valuing the basketball as much as they should have. And you get went through a stretch in that first quarter where both the game was ugly for both teams, and the turnovers were just out of hand. Nas Reed, unfortunately, does look like he kind of bangs up his ankle a little bit, maybe another minor sprain. It's tough to see, but the Wolves are up 17-15 to 15 somehow. And they, they didn't look like an amazing team, but they were able to do enough because their defense is so good, they can get under the net's skin and find ways to contribute even if we're not shooting well the one thing I noticed you really needed Edwards to be more involved as early in this game he seemed absolutely invisible and on top of that the entire team was playing very careless I thought it was absolutely maddening watching this and on top of that D'Lo unfortunately just wasn't able to hit wide open shots so you don't have Carl Towns but but at the same time you don't have D'Angelo Russell and you don't have uh, Anthony Edwards stepping up to take that place D'Lo's effort on defense continues to impress me in this game. Even on Harden, there was an interesting play where uh, he was able to really put up some uh, nice pressure on Harden. And then after that, D'Lo's able to answer with a three. Wolves continue to fight and stay in the lead despite loads of mistakes. So I thought it was impressive that they were able to overcome their own mistakes to at least be competitive in this game. And in the first quarter, at least at this point, they had actually been able to keep a lead as well. Aldridge, interesting play. Well, Aldridge whacks Nas in the face. Nas makes the shot, no call, but as Jim Pete put it, incredibly obvious it was a foul. 
Very frustrating. And this was, I'm not, I'm not calling this out as the reason why the Wolves lost. There's a number of reasons why the Wolves lost this game, but officiating was one of those games. And that is something that you kind of, you kind of have to assume is going to happen when you're playing James Harden and Kevin Durant. It's unfortunate, but that's the state of affairs in the NBA. Wolves, though, seven turnovers, Nets six. And we're, we're a little over halfway through the first quarter. How does that even happen? So you're talking, you're both on pace to be in the mid to high 20s for turnovers. That is not good. And I will say this, I felt like the Nets turnovers were because we played good defense. The Wolves turnovers were lazy and they were careless. It wasn't because the Nets were just playing amazing basketball or amazing defense. We were beating ourselves. That's why I looked at it. But despite all that, the Wolves are up 26-21 to 21 after the Edwards to Vando alley-oop with 4.28 to go in the first quarter. Edwards, three assists and a steal, but no shot attempts so far. And when you consider the fact that Carl Towns isn't playing, how does that happen? To me, it's multiple reasons, but I think a big part of it is you have a team in the Nets that clearly made it their goal to step up and stop Anthony Edwards. The one positive, well, there are a few positives, I guess, when you look at a game without Carl Towns. And one thing that was nice to see is Nathan Knight is going to get minutes here. And I want to challenge listeners to watch him specifically when he plays defense, as that has been his notorious kryptonite. That has been the area of his game that has not been as strong. So I went into this game thinking this is what I kind of want to keep tabs on. I want to watch Nathan Knight on the defensive end. Wolves able to keep the six-point lead as they are on a 9-2 to run. If they value the basketball, I look at this game and I say, how much could they be up by right now? They already have eight turnovers and then make it nine after Leo does this weird J.J. Bray impression where he dribbled around for like the entire shot clock and, and nothing happened. And on top of that, the entire bench was counting him down. Ultimately, he needs to be, we talk about Nas Reed being shot ready. Leandro Bomaro needs to be more willing to shoot. It's very clear early on that he is not willing enough to shoot or willing enough to try to score. He's looking to pass other guys the basketball and play tough defense, which is great. We need all those things. And so I look to Chris Finch, and I say to myself, all right, is this on you? Are you telling him that you want him to not be as aggressive shooting? Where is the the answer there? And if here's the thing. If you're not telling him that, if you're saying, if, if your goal is to get him to be aggressive on offense and to shoot, and he's not doing that, that's a problem. And you need to make him aware that he needs to be more willing to be aggressive on offense. On top of that, they talked about how he was frustrated. And you could see this at numerous points in the game. It was very clear that Leandro Bomaro was very frustrated with his teammates and their inability to get open. And that was a concern. Leo in this game overall, though, and we'll touch on this more, absolutely fantastic in so many different ways. And how about this? Nathan Knight, already an impressive block. And then in transition, another Beasley three. Early on, he seemed locked in, and the Wolves are up 32-23. to Jim Pete says Beasley looked different in warm-ups, and the Wolves overall 6-9 of nine from 3. Meanwhile, the Nets 0-3. So you want to know how the Wolves were able to stay on top early? That is exactly how. Durant shoves Knight in the back on a great box out. No call, but Vano gets the board and the whistle. Vano is clearly feeling better in this game. It was very obvious. You're seeing a completely different player. Much more locked and much able to do more things. Already in this game, four points, seven rebounds, a steal, and a block. What an absolute fantastic difference maker Vando is. Night in, night out when he's not sick. Wolves overall on a 16-4 run, and they are up 11 with a minute to go in the first. Bomaro gets shoved, grabbing the rebound, no call. But he's able to get it to D'Lo, 
who then just throws it away, which is a little maddening. Wolves, honestly, when you look at this fourth, first quarter, the Wolves could have easily been up really big, but they just made so many bonehead plays. Durant then uh, shoves Bomaro to get open, no call, and then he drives and gets Bomaro called for a foul, and yet Durant is the one complaining. He complained to the officials constantly in this game. And I will say this, I did think that Bo- I did think that Kevin Durant was fouled. Let's see, a good way to put this was there were fouls that should have been called that weren't, but at the same time, he was the beneficiary of so many superstar calls. He was the beneficiary of not getting called himself for so many fouls that the difference honestly wasn't close. He had no business complaining in this game. 34 to 27 is the score after one. Nets only two makes in the final six minutes of that first quarter. And the Wolves keeping the Nets in this game with a million turnovers. That was kind of the story. That was kind of how I felt as I watched the end of that first quarter. So uh, just kind of one of those things where the Wolves need to find a way to keep themselves in check. In that first quarter, though, the hustle board really, really was impressive for the Wolves. Three steals apiece for the Nets and the Wolves. 12 rebounds to six for the Nets. Five offensive rebounds, two for the Nets. And nine second chance points, zero for the Nets. Vanderbilt finished that first quarter with eight rebounds. So a lot to like from him. Very cool to see. Jumping into that second quarter, Nathan Knight, some really solid defense, most of a possession, and then sadly fouls Harden on a three. But watch this back. It's a garbage call. As the contact is is it's entirely from James Harden, who kicks his legs, both of them, into Nathan Knight. And I'll say this, if the tables were turned, think about if Carl Towns did that. If Carl Towns had done the same thing, Carl Towns either gets the foul or they just don't call it at all. That's what would have happened in that instance. Meanwhile, on the other end, Russell drives, gets pushed in the back, no call, and he misses. Don't look now, but the refs and the Nets are able to come back, and they are now within two. Millsap then shoves Beasley in the post to get space, and somehow it's a foul on Beasley, and you can't help but laugh. Beasley looked over at the official when this happened, like, what? How are you How are you doing this? And just like that, the Nets are back on top. Wolves just cannot overcome the refs and their poor shooting combined. That's just not something that a team is going to be able to do, especially when you're missing some of your best players. The second quarter was really running rampant at times with uh, really poor officiating. Beasley then, in transition, moves out of the way, but since Patty Mills missed the layup, I guess it's a foul, I watched this back, and I've said this before. Unfortunately, Bally Sports does a really terrible job with with the replay. They just refuse to go back and watch plays, give better angles, and so it's tough. But if you watch a lot of these plays back, it's it's pretty clear uh, that the Wolves are really getting the raw end here. I will say it seemed clear also that the Wolves have very little, at least last night when, when Vando sits. And speaking of very little... Edwards absolutely was non-existent aside from five turnovers in that first half. And yikes was the word that came to mind. And at this point in the game, he still had zero shot attempts. Carl Towns is not in the game. He is not played. And you and Anthony Edwards can't get a shot off. Who Who's to blame there? Is it really good defense by the Nets? Is it an issue with Chris Finch's game plan? I don't know the answer to that. But it definitely was a thing that you couldn't, if you wanted to win this game, you needed dominant performances from D'Lo and Edwards. Edwards then misses his first shot. Hey, at least he's getting a shot off, right? And then in transition, Harden shoves a Kogi to the ground. No call. And then it's a foul on D'Lo. I just, 
You can't make it up. This is one of those things where if you told somebody what was happening and if you showed them replays and didn't give any context and then after the fact told them what occurred, they'd be they'd be they would be like, "What? Are you serious? That's that's really allowed?" That's kind of how you feel when you're watching some of these games. Without Vando, the team is absolutely lost on defense for different stretches in this game way too often. Uh, the Nets are able to get up. Now they have 20 pain points, and they're able to build their lead to five. But a 5-0 run after a D'Lo three, and then he takes a great charge. Uh, D'Lo into this game has the second-best individual defensive rating in the league at 97. I mean, that tells you something. I, I sent this out earlier on Twitter, and some guy responded and said, well, defensive rating is only a team stat. Nope, it's not. It is not only a team stat. In single game samples, sure, yes, it's a, it's a largely a team stat, and it's based on who you play with, but not in a full season. I'm sorry, but we've played enough games where defensive rating can make a difference. Plus minus can make a difference. Crunch time statistics can make a difference. If you are still down on D'Lo, then I'm sorry, you're just a hater or you don't understand basketball. Bottom line, D'Angelo Russell is making a fantastic positive impact on this Wolves team. And if you don't see it, then probably you should, you should probably just stop watching. That's the bottom line. That's how I feel. Akogi gets fouled, loses the ball on an inside shot, and it's a side out? Jim Pete actually focused on this. Really, you watch the replay. I have no idea. Granted, he loses the basketball, but he the foul is called on the initial shot attempt and when he loses the ball. It's a shot. There's no one there. He's not He's not passing. Is the rim on our team? Is the rim on the Wolves team? I mean, it's clearly a shot attempt. I just don't, I don't know. I don't get it. But you know what? The Wolves are already in the bonus, so you'll take that. Seven minutes to go in the second quarter, and you're already in the bonus. That is definitely a big opportunity. Nasreed takes a charge, and Nash challenges it. So far, they don't show any replay, but at first glance, I definitely did think he was in the restricted area. So that was one of those things where, I understood that if they challenged us and it got overturned, it made a lot of sense. I think that it was the wrong call initially on the floor. Here's the interesting thing. So it gets overturned. I say this. I think it's an odd challenge because it's not a big point in the game. The Wolves don't have some large amount of a momentum or a large lead. I just didn't understand why you would do that. And on top of that, James Johnson misses the first free throw he takes. One thing we found out later is that this actually ended up not being a foul on, on Nas Reed. And what they were able to determine, I guess when they go to replay, if they see a different foul that occurs first, they do have the obligation to call that. And that is what happened here. It ended up being a foul on Josh Kogi, I guess. So, so that helps because when you're short on guys in the post, you don't want them getting foul trouble. Uh, in addition, meanwhile, at this point, Already a very large free throw disparity, and that's not shocking given how poor the officiating had been. 15-6 to six is the difference in free throws for, between the two teams. So the Nets dominating in that area, and not deservedly so. Uh, 6.28 to go. Edwards finally scores, makes two free throws, and just like that, the Wolves are on top, 42-40. to 40. Let me remind you, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. We are the Howl, your source for all things Timberwolves. Uh, let's keep going here. We are discussing the Timberwolves versus the Nets. James Johnson hugs Nas Reed so that he can't cover Aldridge. No call, and Aldridge makes a wide open three. The crazy thing is, on the season, he has not been good. So, not shocking that he's able to be successful 
albeit just on one shot. Granted, it didn't make a big difference. But it's still funny. You always see guys that are on cold streaks or haven't been successful finding ways to gain that success back when they are uh, playing the Wolves. An interesting thing they talked about early in this, or when in the second quarter, you finally see Vano come back in and Durant. It was very clear that we had made the decision, or Finch had made the decision, that Vando is going to play when Durant plays. They both played the entire first quarter, and now they're coming in in that second part of the second quarter. So they have both got a little bit of a rest, and we are obviously making the decision that Vando's the guy that's going to stop Kevin Durant. And for numerous, numerous possessions and throughout this game, Vanna was able to do just that. Ant, one thing we saw in the second quarter, which was nice, was Ant attacking and actually getting calls. Crazy thing in this game, already 18 lead changes, and then make it 19 as Edwards gets the foul call, puts the Wolves back on top, making those free throws. Vando, here's a possession, some of the best defense you will ever see against Kevin Durant. And then after that, Ant is absolutely alive and well with a huge transition dunk, puts the Wolves up three, and then make it six after another Edwards three. I want to add in at this point, I know it doesn't have anything to do with Anthony Edwards, but it was very apparent during this stretch. What a fantastic rebounder Leo is. Something you really want to watch for. And, by the way, the last 11 points for the Wolves. And when Edwards is like this, he is unstoppable. And my first thought was, this is great. I want it to continue. And please, Finch, don't screw this up. Because we had the game recently where Anthony Edwards was on fire. And the first thing that happened when they went to a small break is Finch pulled him. When Anthony Edwards is in this unstoppable, on fire, in the zone mode, the last thing you do is you pull him. And thankfully, we, didn't, we did not make that mistake this time. Although it did not make much of a difference because for anyone that watched that game last night, Anthony Edwards just didn't seem to have it for whatever reason. Uh, refs didn't like this Wolves run, unfortunately, as they stopped what would have been a wide-open Edwards dunk. They call a foul on Vando. So Kevin Durant went to pass, foul on Vando, and what happened is they they called the foul. They called it late. So actually the ball got looks like it was deflected or a bad pass. Edwards intercepts it. He's going to go down for what's going to be a fantastic highlight dunk. Refs called the foul. Again, I don't have a great replay from this view because Bally Sports just didn't want to give us one. I don't know why that is. At least on the surface, it, it looked like a pretty weak call, but it's tough to say. It very easily could have been. So, But just unfortunate because the Wolves had that shot to really... If this Think about that. If this doesn't get called, Wolves are able to push that lead up a little further. They have all this momentum after a giant monster dunk by Anthony Edwards. This was a really unfortunate uh, turn of events. Meanwhile, Bormaro is clearly getting frustrated. Talked about this earlier. You could start to see it here. He wants guys to move and be able to get open, and they're just not doing it. But he's able to make a nice move, draws a foul on Harden, and just like that, Harden has four fouls, and we're still in the second quarter. Another game I have to ask again, why are both players not allowed to get to the ball? I've started noticing this pretty frequently, and Finch actually said exactly that to the referee. Vano gets to the spot first, and then Cam Johnson grabs the ball and then runs into Vando. Why is that a foul on Vano? To me, it's two guys going for the basketball. They collide. Why is that not allowed? Why is one of those players allowed to get one of those players allowed to go after the basketball and the other one's not? And we've seen this multiple times now over the last week or so. I would like a point of clarification there from the Wolves or from the, the referees. 
If two guys go for the basketball, they both get to the spot at the exact same time. How can either of those players be called for a foul? I just don't understand that unless you're saying that whoever controlled the ball previously is the only one allowed to grab the ball, which obviously that's not the rule and it makes zero sense, but that's the way that they're officiating it. So I would love to have some sort of clarity there. And maybe I'll reach out to some of the there's some officials online uh, at times. Uh, Ronnie Nunn, for example, is very, very active in the the basketball community. He might be someone that would be willing to kind of maybe dial into that. Maybe I'll bring him onto the show if I can. We'll see what we can do. And unfortunately, all Nets to end that second quarter, as they take the lead, Durant gets quote-unquote fouled and makes the free throw. Reed, unfortunately, tweaks his ankle again. And I'm watching this going, I cannot believe the Nets are only up one. So this is late in the second quarter. The Wolves have had just not enough on offense. The referees have really helped to take over for the Nets. The Nets have so many things in their favor, whether it's Wolves injuries. I mean, the list is huge, and they're only up one. They do push it to four, but at the half, Nets are up 59 to 55. And I just, you know, the Wolves, I think, are, are fairly fortunate to only be down by four points. But at the same time, it's not just luck. They played really good defense. The issue, of course, is taking care of the basketball, which is a, a whole nother can of worms. Harden could have gotten his fifth foul as we jump into that second half. Inside on Vando, no call, but we do score two-point game just like that. Wolves are back within two. So it was a pass inside. Vando gets it, goes for the shot, and Harden goes in to try to defend him and hits him in the back. Easily could have been a foul. Not called, not the end of the world, but that would have been Harden's fifth foul. That's a game changer, absolute game changer. Does not happen, unfortunately. In the third quarter, we see more of a back-and-forth game. Definitely the name of the game here in the third. Neither team able to pull away, but every single time the other team scores, the other team has an answer. It was very much uh, a back-and-forth quarter. D'Lo, some incredible defense, but sadly in the end gets all arm, and it's from three. The frustrating thing here, and it's frustrating when guys do this, but you watch the replay. It's very clearly, very clearly a foul on D'Lo. He gets them all arm, but he, after it happens, pleads over to Finch to challenge it thankfully Finch didn't listen look here's the deal it's you know what you played 95% of a possession you played good defense but you know what you fouled the guy and you know you fouled him you could feel that you hit his arm don't implore your coach to challenge something when you know you fouled that's very frustrating and I don't guys have to be more aware of that because you get one challenge in the game and it's not like if you get the challenge right you get another one it's not like that it's not the NFL one challenge is all you get so take advantage of it, and it has to be a good challenge. So players have to be honest about what's actually happening on the court. Just like that, though, the Wolves are down seven, and it really seemed to come out of nowhere as we're just talking about how the, the Wolves and the Nets are back and forth, but all of a sudden the Nets are really starting to get a little of a pull away, and a big part of that was that three-point foul by D'Lo. TP has been so impressive in this game, whether it's defense, offense, rebounding. He did so many things to help the Wolves in this game. I continue to be impressed by what uh, Prince brings to the table. Here's an interesting one. Edwards drives in, gets fouled, but his aggressiveness isn't paid off. No call. Then another drive, he gets fouled by Durant. No call. But this one he actually makes, a circus shot, and the Wolves are back within three with 437 to go in the third. Meanwhile, on the other end, Vando plays perfect defense on Kevin Durant. They call foul. That's four on him. And I have no idea what the foul was. It was a ludicrous call. Again, referees did play a role in this game. They absolutely did. And I'm sorry if you disagree, but you're wrong. They did. It made a difference, especially considering it's a, this is such a close game throughout. Nets fans, and this is not the first time we've seen this, 
I, I really appreciate this. Uh, they, they had MVP chance. We've been seeing a lot of those. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but in recent games, whether it was the Wizards game, this game, we're definitely starting to see more away fans and those MVP chants. To me, I'm watching at this point, and I said, well, I'm assuming the MVP chants are for the refs, right? It didn't feel like it was player-based. Finally, though, the Nets get called for a foul, and it's funny. All the players and fans cry about it. We talk about this game in and game out. I don't understand what it is about a lot of teams around the NBA. Their fans just don't seem to understand what they're watching. Part of it is mob mentality, too. You know, like a group of people just get frustrated and they just feel like they need to boo somebody. And then a bunch of other people do it. And all of a sudden, you know, everyone's booing and they don't even know why. It's, it's kind of like the wave, only, you know, in different forms. Uh, Wolves are down just four with four to go in the third. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. The Nets should be ashamed of themselves. All the talent they have, all the players that we're missing, and we're only down four at this point. So you've got the refs the refs in hand. Now Vando's out because he's in foul trouble. Credit the Wolves 100%, right? I don't think when I say this, I should be more specific. I don't think that the Nets just played poorly. I think the Wolves played really, really well at stre- in stretches, especially on defense. So it wasn't all in the Nets. I'm just saying, if you're the Nets and you have championship aspirations, when you're playing a team like the Wolves and you let this happen, I mean, Kevin Durant, right, needs to be needs to be better. James Harden needs to be better. There's a lot of guys on this team for the Nets that need to be better. A good example of that is when you play the Clippers, Paul George gets his no matter what. In this game, you didn't see that. You didn't see that from the superstars on the Nets. Credit the Timberwolves. And I will say this. After watching last night's game, I would love to have us play the Clippers again to see how much different the game would go. Are we able to shut down Paul George? Or is he still just going to hit just unbelievable shots? You know, the Clippers aren't playing great basketball right now. It's, it's just an interesting talking point, I guess is the best way to put it. Night, uh, two misses inside as he rushes it a bit. Overall, though, I, I will say... I have to credit Knight. I think he's looked pretty good, including on defense. In At this point, he hadn't played a ton of minutes, but he looked good on both ends. I, I, I like Nathan Knight on the offensive end. He showed that ability to do so many different things offensively when it comes to uh, his play in the G League with Iowa. And now you're seeing him get up with the main club. He's able to do a lot of those same things. Plus, you're seeing some improved defense, which is absolutely massive. That is so big because Knight's a guy that could end up being a part of this Wolves future. What I like about Nathan Knight, too, is his ability to rebound is so good. There's a lot to like about his game. I'm going to say it again. Leo's ability to rebound, and that effort is amazing. The one thing I'll say is not so amazing is Knight's free throw shooting. Uh, he took some uh, a couple free throws here in the third, and it was uh, a little bit of a cringe watching him shoot. So that part's not there yet, which is funny because he can hit threes. So I don't know what the difference is there, but at least at this stage, it was a little, uh, it was a little off. Another 50-50 ball called a Wolves foul, this time on a Kogi, because Durant somehow falls over, gets them free throws too, so they're already in the bonus, which makes this free throw that much more maddening. Knight, though, gets a big dunk, and if you watch Nathan Knight play, if you're watching this game, how can you not absolutely love Nathan Knight? I, I just, when I watch him in the G League, when I watch him with the Wolves, there's so much to like about him. There's a reason why other fans, when we got him, were saying, you got a good one. So there's a lot to like there. He was with the Hawks, I believe, before, and I believe I've talked to some Hawks fans that said, you know, you're really fortunate that you're able to pick him up. Uh, two missed to Kogi free throws, but overall I felt like he had been pretty solid in this game, but that those free throw misses were big because that would have put the Wolves back on top. 
One thing I want to say, I talk a lot about Leo's ability to rebound. What was really impressive in this game, I'm going to start watching this more, is his ability to jump up, and he does, whether it's tipping it back. But he has this interesting ability. It's like a, I would say it's a strength where he's able to get up and just kind of swat balls or grab balls over the top of people's heads without fouling them. Incredibly impressive. I, I want to see that. So it's, it's tip backs. It's rebound grabs. A lot of it he's not going to get credit for in the stats, but you should definitely watch for it. I'll say it. I think Leandro Balmaro at this point could be really special. I think he could absolutely be a really special player down the road. After three, 86-85, the Wolves are down just one, which I think is pretty impressive. One thing that's interesting, crazy how often when I watch Wolves games, how often star players get in foul trouble against the Wolves and then never get a foul again. So in the second quarter, James Harden gets his his fourth foul, and then he through the third quarter, never another foul. And I don't buy it for a second that he didn't get another foul. We talked about early in the third, he fouled Vando and, and nothing was called. And there were probably other ones that I missed. It's one of those things where we've seen it time and time again. Look at Sabonis recently. Never got called for his sixth foul, even though he fouled time and time and time again. It's, it's just one of those things, as a Wolves fan, I guess you just kind of have to accept. I don't know when it changes. Uh, D'Lo is able to help get the Wolves back on top early in the fourth. But overall, just 5 of 16 from shooting. But to me, there's no denying his major positive impact that he was able to have in this game. Uh, a weak foul then, a weak foul at best on, on D'Lo. And, it wasn't, and if it wasn't for that, Harden would have had his fifth foul on a charge as he just absolutely ran over Josh Kogi. Beasley gets another three, but unfortunately, Patty Mills answers right back. You give him any space, he just doesn't miss. There's a reason why a few years ago when he was a free agent uh, before, so it was when he was possibly going to be leaving the Spurs. He was a free agent. We did a free agency tournament, and and he won it. He won it. He was the guy that we all agreed on the show, and then I believe fans were involved as well, uh, listeners of the show. And, we, and it was kind of, I don't know if I'd say unanimous, but it, he was the guy that people agree would have been a great addition. It's I don't know how you don't like Patty Mills. Patty Mills is a is a fun player. He and not only that, they talked about this on the telecast last night. Man, when you watch him when he plays for Australia, he is a completely different player. He he's able to just take over. But his role when he plays for NBA teams is still so incredibly important. Nathan Knight impresses again. I, I love his defensive effort and his rebounding, and he's able to draw a fifth foul now on James Johnson. Uh, D'Lo to Beasley, what a fantastic pass. And it's the fourth made three, and back and forth, here we go again. This was one of those things we saw a lot in this game. Wolves are now up 93-91 to with 10-20 to go in the fourth. Bomaro plays absolutely perfect defense, but credit Harden hits an absolutely impossible fadeaway shot. This was that Paul George thing we talked about. These plays where the defense, there's nothing else you could do. The only way you're closer is if you foul. This is as good as it can be without fouling. And it's just better offense. And sometimes that happens from players. Some guys are just that good. Harden, Durant, those are guys that you expect that to happen sometimes. Knight, though, gets a fantastic rebound. And then an absolutely just a disgusting flop by James Harden. And they call the foul on Knight. I just don't know how anyone can be a fan of the way James Harden plays. I just don't like it. And they talked a little bit last night about how he started to adjust to officiating. Is it that he's adjusting to officiating, or are they actually just not following the rules? Because we've had a number of teams we've played recently where they're not following the rules. And I don't watch the Nets close enough, but I do have to wonder if that is part of it. Refs have 
and I, I thought this at this point specifically and other points, but refs, they did have a large impact in many spots uh, throughout this game. I'm not taking anything away from the fact that the Wolves made a lot of mistakes, but the referees did play uh, quite a big role. Bomaro and Knight end up coming out, and it's a smart timeout, but I want to say this, and I want to give them a bit of a standing ovation. They were fantastic in this game, so incredibly valuable, and if it weren't for those two, you're not in this game. For, that, for Bomaro, who continues to make strides uh, in his overall game, but then for Nathan Knight to step up when Carl Towns is out, you, you can't ask for more than that. Nas, though, is able to score and is fouled, but no call, and that would have actually been Johnson's sixth foul, and it was clearly a foul, clear as day. So unfortunately, James Johnson gets to stay in, and he's been hurting us. He is, he's a fantastic player. As far as role players go, James Johnson brings a lot to the table. Wolves fans know this. In the short time he was here, he really was a difference maker. Kind of, in some ways, reminds me of Patrick Beverly, just in his way, how he's able to impact the overall team and just each and every game. On the other end, Durant is allowed to shove Vando, not once, but twice, and gets two points, and the no call gets the Nets back within two points. Wolves unable to pull away as Durant is absolutely on fire now, and the game is now tied 99-99 with six minutes to go in the fourth. Edwards really struggling since he came back in, throws the ball away again, and I watched this game. This was a good point of the game where I felt like D'Lo not being in the game was really hurting the Wolves, especially because when D'Lo's not in, you're generally relying on, for example, a player like Ant to be able to kind of be the main guy, and he wasn't able to do that, and that was really tough. You know, He himself is already up to eight turnovers. As a team, the Wolves, 18 turnovers, which <clears throat> could be a lot worse, actually, when you think about they were in double digits in the first quarter with turnovers, and now they're only at 18. So they definitely started to control that a little better in the second half and even in the second quarter. Edwards, though, is a player that always wants to find a way to impact games. He's able to answer right back after that turnover with a steal of his own and a fast break layup as he, to me, it seemed like he was looking to shut up the crowd and shut me up, apparently, at this point as I'm watching this going, oh, come on, man, you got to be better. Durant, though, next play completely out of control, gets a bailout call. They showed a few replays. The views were pretty bad. I just don't really know what the foul was, and the ball doesn't lie as... Another MVP chant curse. They jumped in with the MVP chance, and you had a miss at the free throw line by the so-called MVP, Kevin Durant. Uh, interesting here is in this play, so there were two guys as he drives in. Jim Pete couldn't understand what the foul was. He called it a bailout himself. His only guess was, did D'Lo get called for a shove? Because D'Lo did get the foul call. I watched back the replay. The replay views weren't great, but kind of like you see them do in the NFL, what I tried to do is kind of combine different angles and to me I don't know where the foul was it was one of those things where a superstar gets a superstar call gets that benefit of the doubt after the miss Mills another three puts the Nets on top then they push the lead to four with 333 left and things at this point to me started to feel a little grim Wolves unfortunately miss after miss as nothing is falling for the team Beasley goes to the line is able to make him gets it back to a two-point game which is good to see Mills with a run out, though, as the Wolves don't run back after the shot. And this was Beasley. Beasley takes a three and does not get back on defense. And that was a killer. And now the Nets have a four-point lead. Beasley forcing some bad shots. And as Jim Pete says, let the game come to you. And I think that's a very good point. Don't force shots. Don't try to force up. And it was one of those things where when you see a team's down, let's say a team's down three points, right? 
late in a game, let's say there's like a minute, minute and a half left, and you'll see a guy take a three, and you, and you think to yourself, oh, come on, man, you don't need a three. Beasley was playing at the end of this game like we had to get a three. It, we didn't need to get a three. There's like two minutes left in this game. I don't understand what he was thinking, and that part was really frustrating. Vando drives in, gets fouled, no call. Wolves retain it, though. Edwards drives, finishes, and it is 107-105 with 1.33 to go. So think about that. Now you're down two points. There's 1.33 left. You didn't need to be forcing up three-point shots. And this goes back to the argument of the NFL and two-point conversions. You see it a lot where, like the Vikings, for example, have done this a few times this year where an extra point gets missed or blocked or whatever happens, and then you go for two too early, and then it comes back to bite you. Don't force up bad shots because you're down, thinking you're going to take it all back in one swing. You're not going to do that. But Beasley did that and multiple opportunities in this game, and it was very frustrating to see. Durant shoves Vando for, it seemed like the hundredth time, finally gets called, and he complains about it. I just, I can't watch these games and and be okay with seeing this happen. More people need to understand this is what star players do. They all do it, Towns included. Just accept it. Don't say that one player is an exception or these guys are are different. They're allowed to do it because of such and such a reason. It's just frustrating. That's all I can say. Aldridge dares Ant to shoot the three, and Ant takes it pretty much wide open, and it works. He misses it. On the game at this stage, Ant had been one of seven from three. You want to talk about reasons we lost this game? The inability for players to hit shots was a big part of it. Beasley then gets called for the foul on Harden. And just like that, how about this? uh, Harden now has 15 free throws. They don't show the replay, but it sure looked like the rule change to me. That rule change foul where James Harden hooked him and then throws it up. And guess what? The ball agreed as he misses one of the free throws. And how about this free throw differential? You want to say the Wolves didn't or the refs didn't have an impact? I'll tell you right now they did. The differential in free throws, 41-24. to The Wolves are one of the more aggressive teams in the NBA. They deserve foul calls, and night in and out, they don't get them. And it is a difference in games. There's lots of reasons why the Wolves lost this game, but that was a big part of it. 108-105, to 40 to go, Wolves ball, and Malik with another miss. And I just don't understand, as I watch this, why Bees has been the guy getting every look to end this game. He's 4 of 14 from 3, and he couldn't be colder. And let's not pretend like the, the games before this, he had been on some sort of a tear from 3. He hadn't. He had started to be a little inconsistent again. So it's just frustrating to see how this happen. KD then ends up hitting a shot, and at, at that point, you just know it's game over. Final score here, 110 to 105. Ultimately, you lose this game, but to me, there's so many things that you take from this game and you say, all right, this was impressive. This is something that I really, really liked. Looking over some of the statistics, Malik Beasley with 18 points, but 6 of 19 overall, 4 of 14 from 3. That's just not going to get the job done. You look over to Anthony Edwards, 19 points, right? 7 of 16, That's I mean, that's not bad, right? It's not terrible, but 1 of 7 from 3, that's not good. That's not getting the job done. One area that I will say, 20 of 24 from the free throw line, which was great. You'd love seeing that. That was impressive. Uh, Looking over at the plus minus, by the way, I know people don't love to see this or love to talk about it, I should say, but Bomaro didn't just play like garbage minutes. Bomaro played major minutes in this game. He was a plus 19. 25 minutes in this game, he was impactful. He does so many impressive things. Nathan Knight, a plus 5. Those are two guys that absolutely stepped up in this game. It was very impressive to see. Uh, Nathan Knight, overall, 
Three points, but five rebounds, which you like to see. Three of which were offensive. Only one of three from the field. He wasn't taking a ton of shots. And his two misses were on one possession where he missed two free sort of layups, I guess, but a little bit contested. Probably should have made at least one of them. And then uh, one of two at the free throw line, although neither one of those free throws was good. And then you had a nice block shot, just one turnover, which there were some guys. I mean, overall, you look at turnovers, turnovers were not an issue unless you're Anthony Edwards, who had eight of them. Uh, three steals, which was nice, right? But overall, Anthony Edwards, very forgettable game. Nas Reed, 19 points, seven rebounds. He kind of did what you expected him to do, I would say. Seven of 14 from the field, three of six from three. Stepping in for Carl Towns, those are big shoes to fill. And he did some nice things overall. 35 minutes, you got a lot out of him. Josh Okogie, uh, minus nine. You know, most of the team was a minus. I think that really tells you just how impressive both Nathan Knight and Leandro Bomaro were. D'Angelo Russell, I thought, played a good game. Didn't shoot great. I, there's no denying that. But 21 points, 11 assists, three rebounds. There's a lot to like there. But six of 22. That stat is kind of a yikes, but if you watch that game, and if you watch that game with open eyes, and if you're open-minded and you understand what you're looking at, D'Angelo Russell had a major impact in this game positively. He absolutely did. Led the team with six free throws, six of six. Had a steal. You know, four turnovers isn't great. It's better than eight, though, right? <laughs> looking over at the uh, Nets, we talked about the, wol- the Wolves having 24 free throw makes, or free throw attempts, I should say. 41 is how it ended, so... That really, really hurts you. James Harden and Kevin Durant together had more free throw attempts than the Wolves' whole entire team did. That's just kind of how it works when you're playing some certain teams. I mean, it absolutely just is how it works. So lots, uh, lots to like about this game. You know, 30 points from Kevin Durant. If you're a Nets fan, you'll love that. 30 points, 6 assists, 10 rebounds. James Harden, 29-7. and seven. Both those guys were on triple-double watch. I actually was not aware of that watching that game. And these stats don't tell the story. You know what does? How about we hear from both of those players? So after the game, you had some interesting sound bites from both uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden. James Harden, with some high praise, as they say, uh, on Chris Finch's defense, said the Wolves were scrambling and double and triple teaming at times, said it was tough to get any kind of flow. To me, that uh, says a lot. As far as, you know, I can't find where it was, but Kevin Durant said something very similar. And then looking at what the Wolves had to say, uh, let's take a look at some of those things. Finch, a loss is a loss, so there's no moral victories here, but fighting is what we do, and I'm proud of that. I think that's fair. Moral victories are one of those things people like to talk about. I can't stand that concept. But this was, if you're going to take a loss and say there was a lot of positive things, this is one of those games that you don't want to lose, but in the end, you're not that upset. Uh, Finch talked about Nathan Knight. He's an NBA player, no doubt about it, and he played like it tonight. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly how I look at Nathan Knight. I think he belongs here. Ant, he says this, I just played terrible. That's the whole recipe to the entire game. I played terrible. I don't know how else to put it. I think he's spot on's not the word because Anthony Edwards puts in the work. He puts in the effort, but he just didn't he just didn't seem to have it in this game. And there were times where I didn't see that emotion. I didn't see that that fight that we normally see from Anthony Edwards. So it just wasn't there. You're not gonna have it every night. I'm not gonna blame Anthony Edwards. Malik Beasley, though, man, you got to be better. End of the game, you got to make smarter decisions, take better shots. And if you're going to be the guy that's going to just decide, I'm going to take this game over, how about you at least do it when you're actually making shots? I'm a Malik Beasley fan. I don't mean to hate on him right now, but he needs to be better. And we need him to be better for this team to be successful, especially when you're missing so many players. If Towns is out, you could look at Beasley as one of our next best shooters. Beasley had to step up, and unfortunately, in this game, he just couldn't do it. So... 
That's your final. Again, 110 to 105 is the final. That's going to do it for this edition of The Howl. Thanks for listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. If you missed any of this show on Dash Radio, make sure you give us a review, and we'd also love you to subscribe. Give us a listen on any place that podcasts are available. Not only you, but tell your friends. NBA fans, Wolves fans, definitely have them tune in. You can find us at Podient. You can find us at Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, all those different places. And until next time, let me get a howl.